a special treat today to have Rev run with us. And let me kind of tell you how this happened. I w my wife and I, we went to Las Vegas to preach for Central Christian Church, Pastor Judd Wilhite, in June of last year. And they had just had Rev run back in, in April of last year. And so he was telling me about it and what it did for their church and uh, people coming to Christ and, and, and how all about Rev Run. And so as a pastor, you want to know, I mean, is this guy legit? Is he the real deal? Does he really love God? He goes, man, I'm telling you, he's the real deal. This guy loves God. You need to bring him in. And so, man, we, we, we got a contact number uh, to, to be able to contact him. Uh, got Rev Run scheduled to be with us this, this weekend. And, and last night, my wife and I took uh, Rev and his wife out to eat. And, man, it was just fun hanging out. I mean, just a kindred spirit, just a connection. I'm telling you, if Rev Run lived in Oklahoma City, we'd be tight. We'd be boys. Because there was just a connection between the four of us as we just, as we just talked. And, and many of you know him from Run DMC. Many of you know him. Come on, it's kind of the, the founding father of hip-hop. Many of you know him as from the hit television show on MTV, Ron's House. Whose house? Would you put your hands together and welcome to this stage, Rev Ron! Yeah. My God. This place is packed. What's up? What's up? Hey, yo, check this out. Preach on a Sunday, rap on a Monday. Y'all do what Run say to get better one day. Just because Rev Run rock a collar don't mean I can't make a dollar. Y'all holla. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, we introduced Rev right to Oklahoma. His flight got Tornado. Like, come on now. Felt like I was Dorothy about to be flying there in the Wizard oh, of Oz. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome to Oklahoma, baby. Yeah. And then we took him out to eat last night, walked out the restaurant. The wind is about to knock us I over. had hair before I came here. The wind What's took my toupee. <laughs> Jesus. So he's getting baptized right to, to Oklahoma. And I know a lot of you are wondering, those of you watching online around the world, you're wondering, this 18-year-old teenagers, teenager, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, how in the world do you go from a kid in Hollis, Queens, New York, to run the MC? Uh, it, it, have anybody out there ever heard of Russell Simmons? You ever heard of that guy? That's my brother. He looks something like me. He got a bald head, too. Same mother, same, you know, same parents. So he was um, an inspi aspiring music promoter. And he met a young man named Curtis Walker. And back then he changed his name to Curtis Blow. And they were um, putting together some rap tunes and different things. And they was promoting parties. And they would come home. And as a little brother, you know, you want to be down with the, the bigger brother's cooler. You got the right hairdo, the right clothes. And you, you're trying to follow. And they had these flyers. And they were called Rush, uh, a force in college parties. And I was like, can I help? You know, how can I be down? That was my whole thing as a kid. How can I be down? I just want to be down. I want to be down. So he's like, you can take these flyers and hang them up on Jamaica Avenue. I'm like, great. 
And they thinking we're on free work from a little kid. So I, I called my man Daryl McDaniels up the block. And the D from Daryl is D. And the MC from McDaniels was DMC. But he wasn't DMC yet. So we was busy putting up flyers on Jamaica Avenue and doing our thing. And I'm watching them every day. And how can I be down? How can I be down? Like, here, here's some more flyers. That's how you can be down. Just work for free. So I'm working for free and then trying to get down. And um, I took one of my mother's turntables from out the... Um, the living room and I had it connected to a tape recorder and I was scratching and stuff and trying to figure out how I could be down with Curtis Blow. So I showed Kurt my skills. I'm like, look, Kurt, I can do it. You know, like he's like, all right. So they came up with this name for me. It was DJ run Curtis Blow's disco son. I'm like, cool with me. I like Scooby-Doo. All right. You know, I'm down. So I started DJing for Kurt for some years, you know, paying me $20 a gig. I'm like, I'm rich. And back in like 79, that was a lot of money, $20 a night, two nights a week. So I'm DJing for him. And then um, I went down to um, Daryl's house. We was playing basketball in his yard. And I fell and I broke my wrist. So I lost my job because how many people know it's hard to scratch with a broken wrist? You're like, I, I couldn't quite figure it out. So they picked up this guy in the neighborhood named Davey D and I lost my job. I was like, dang, lost my job as a DJ for Curtis Blow. But as time went on, I was with D. And I'm like, D, we should put together a group because I lost my job with Curtis Blow and Russell got connections because Kurt had put out a record. I said, please, let, let's, let's put together. And I came up with this idea. I was like, hmm, it's like that. And, and, and D looked at me and he said, and that's the way it is. And we took this to Russell and I was like, Russell, we got a hit record. He was like, what are you talking about? I said, I got this new thing. I know you got Curtis Blow and he put out the breaks and Christmas rapping, but there's this record. Me and D standing there, young, 17 years old. I was like, it's like that. And D said, and that's the way it is. He was like, that's good, Joey. But we got to get rid of this guy, D, because he had big, doofy glasses on back then. They was the gazelles, but nobody really knew it was cool back then. They were trying to get rid of D. He was like, yeah, he wrote a good rhyme, but we remember you from being down with Curtis Blow, but we got to get rid of D. How many people know when you're 16 years old and this is your homie, you're just loyal to the bone. Like, I ain't making no records without D. I'm telling you, ain't nothing I can do. Just crying. Like, you got to keep D. And I'm telling you, those glasses are going to be cool one day, man. He can do more than right. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell mommy. You know, like I'm just going all out. So it's like, all right, all right, we'll let D be down. And they took the record. We made a demo and took us like that to the record company. And it came out. And back then, Curtis Blow was called the king of rap. And I was like the prince because I used to be his DJ. But when they put out his like that, it kind of switched hands. I went from the prince, and me and DMC became the kings of rap from his like that, and we kept going. That's the Run DMC story. Wow. Wow. True story. True story. True story. All right, all right. So we've got Run, and now you got Run DMC, and then there's this album comes out and we just kind of did a version of Walk This Way and mm -hmm. guitar and rock. Now, how in the world did Walk This Way come about? Well, back in the day, there was, um, we didn't have anything to rap over and there was this disco phase going on with Donna Summers and it was just, people, we didn't know what to do, rappers. We didn't have nothing to rap over, so we'd rap over old jazz records and old rock records. And the job of the DJ was to play the first couple bars of the record and not let the singing come in. And there was this record that the DJ had. He used to cross out the name. It wasn't called Walk This Way in our mind. It was called Toys in the Attic. So we would scratch Toys in the Attic back and forth. And Russell came in the studio one day, and we was putting together just rapping over the beat with a guy named Rick Rubin. 
And Rick came in, he was like, dude! Like, wait, a white guy too, long stringy hair. That record's Walk This Way, man! I'm like, no, this record is Toys in the Attic. I don't know what you're talking about, Russell, who's this new dude? He was like, you should make this full record over, man. Sing the whole verses and do it. And I'm like, listening to the record. Now you gotta know, back then me and D was high, very high. Smoked a lot of weed. And he puts the record on, and we had never heard past the first bars of the record. And the record starts playing, and these dudes are like, Max G. Love doing that. I need to cover when I talk to my daddy. Say, You're like, what type of hillbilly gibberish is. What the? What the? And he's like, I'm telling you, dude, this will be a hit record. You and DMC need to go home, study these vocals. And it was on 45. And come back. And man, Russell was with him. And we knew Russell had lost his mind with this white dude. Now they want us to rap this crazy stuff. <laughs> so we take the four. It was a 45 single home. And we like, how are we going to ever learn what the heck these white dudes are saying? And we put it on 33. Now, how many people know if you high and you took a record from 45 to 33? <laughs> now the record's even worse. It's like, back she love one, I'm looking at D like, what have we got ourselves mixed up into, man? Man! Felt like Chris Tucker. So we, so we go back to the studio. We practice a little half behind, a little practice. And Jay is there, like, you know, his ears up like Astro the dog. Like, y'all practice? I'm like, yeah, Jay, we did what we supposed to do, even though we didn't really practice. And me and D getting there, get a little half-hearted attack, like, backseat, lover, hide neat the cover. And Jay starts screaming at D and me, like, y'all got to get it together, man. You got Aerosmith in here. You got to get this record right. And he's cursing us out. So we say, listen, let's have him get this record together so we can get back out and go get high some more. You understand? From Hollis, Queens, that's all we did. That was our whole pastime was smoking weed. So we put the record together, and, and um, we rhymed on it, and then we got back to Queens. Back to getting high, and then Jay calls from the studio, and he's like, Joe! And I'm like, what? Because I'm paranoid, you know. I'm like, what? What, what Jay? <laughs> Joe, huh? What, what happened? He's like, this record is going to be the best record on the album. I'm like, oh, man, D, they got Jay! They've got Jay, and D said, give me the phone. He's like, D, D's like, what? You know, just as paranoid as me. What you talking about, Jay? This is going to be the best record on the album. Walk This Way is the smash. We're like, turning to Scooby, we're like, I don't know. <laughs> so... We put the record out, and it became a huge smash. And what I learned from that was um, you have to stay open in life. I mean, we had things that we did that was going to be hits, but as you know, if you ever think of an a, a, a airplane, and if you have a parachute and you jump out of an airplane, and if you don't open the parachute, what will happen? Die. What happens if you don't open the parachute? You crash, right? <laughs> so I believe in life that we have to be open. Because if you're not open, you'll crash. So since we were open... That record ended up being the biggest record that Run DMC ever made. And that's why I believe in mentorship. And I believe there's people in this audience that there's somebody in your ear trying to tell you to go to church or trying to tell you something beyond your knowledge. If you can stay open. Now, this is just in my case. Everything that I did that I didn't know was going to be a hit or I didn't know was going to be good ended up being bigger because I stayed connected. And I believe that isolation is sickness. When you're isolated from people and you try to do it yourself, you will fall apart. So then some years later, my brother came to me in this company called Fat Farm. Anybody heard of Fat Farm clothing? Anybody out there used to wear that back in the day with the big stupid P on your chest? You know, <laughs> Fat Farm. Fat with P-H-A-T. So he came to me and he had these ideas for some sneakers. And they, they looked like Adidas, but they, didn't, they just didn't quite, wasn't quite Adidas. And he's like, Joey. We want you to um, put your name on these Fat Farm sneakers. And I'm telling you, these sneakers was ugly. 
I mean, like really ugly. But I'm like, cool. I was in church and everything. I said, all right, um, how much you going to pay? I had my hand out. And, you know, Russell Simmons, a shrewd businessman, he's like, I can pay you nothing. You can get nothing from this. I'm like, well, you don't pay nothing. He said, man, I'll give you 50% of the proceeds if it blows up. So I'm thinking, he's a pretty smart businessman. I took 50% of the proceeds. These sneakers blew all the way up. That's the money that built that house with the ball caught and all that that y'all see on TV. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, there it goes again. Being open made walk this way. Being open, let me put these ugly sneakers on my feet. And so I'm just letting you know in life, there's so many people out there that are trying to get to you, whether it's doctors or it's lawyers or it's pastors or it's your friend. You just got to stay open. And if you stay open in life, I can guarantee you something will be delivered to you because God doesn't like you to have a big ego. Ego is E-G-O, edging God out. Wow. And you will edge God out if wow. you're not listening, being mentored. That's why it's good to come to church. The Bible says, forsake not assembling together of the saints. And this man is a man of God. I'm telling you, he is a good man of God. And he's a smart man of God. And if you can take your time, get to church, and grab the principles. And you can see how he has his life together, his beautiful wife and kids. And he has an organized ministry. If you can just let your ego get aside and stop edging God out, this ministry will change your life. I'm very happy to be. I'm very proud of you, man of God. And I'm so thankful for this church here today. Amen. So do not edge God out. Amen. Be open. Preach. Got to be open. You don't want to crash. Okay, okay, okay. So we got, we got Run. We got Run DMC now. We, man, we got, we, we got the album out, hitting the charts, man. It's, it's, going, it's going crazy. It's happening. Now, now, how do you get from Run to Rev Run? Now, that's a horse of a different color. <laughs> this is the weird one. So... Um, I'm run. I'm chilling. Walk this way is out. Big sales, four million album sales. I'm chilling. Like, hi, what's happening? Ain't no, how you doing, man? What's up, bro? I'm like cooling. So back then we start traveling, and we were going to go to L.A. We had been to L.A. before, and I'm like, great. So I call the office. I'm like, yo, make sure, because I was touring with LL Cool J back then. I said, make sure you get the presidential suite before LL gets it. So the office called. They're like. Would you book this room for Joseph Ward Simmons? They booked my room, and I get there, and I, I call the office. I'm like, yo, that guy across the street that has the exotic car, rent me that Rolls Royce. It's like for $400 a day, so now I got the, the presidential suite, and I got the rented Rolls Royce. And I said, remember that girl that saw me last time we was out there that gave you number? Call her. Tell her to come to the room. So I got the, the car, and I got everything set up. And I said, remember the dude? that was selling that green, that, that extra green weed, you know, the indica weed, <laughs> the really good stuff, the stuff that you saw me choking on, call him too. Have him bring the weed to the room. And then they said, well, Mr. Simmons, you know, Rev, I mean, run, you know that um, uh, Rolling Stone magazine wants to interview you. And I'm like gassed. And I got a big head back then. I'm like, make them come to my room. Send Rolling Stone in. So I got Rolling Stone coming in the room, the Rolls Royce coming in the room. I got the weed, the girl, Haircut guy, everybody's coming to the room. So I'm sitting in the room. I started running myself a tub. Yeah, I used to take bathtubs back then too. So I, I, rolled, I, I got the tub all filled up, got the bubbles in it. And I called downstairs to the room service because I had it like that. I was like, send me up some French toast. <laughs> I think I'll have some French toast. So I'm sitting in the tub. 
smoking the weed, ashes falling in the tub, syrup falling in the tub, losing my mind, people knocking at the door, and I just started crying. I just started streaming down with tears because I realized at that time, it's okay to have things, but you can't let things have you. Wow, wow. My, wow. my very top was my bottom because I was missing the main ingredient, and that was Jesus. Uh. And at that moment, the revelation came. I pushed the French toast out the way, threw the weed in the garbage, sent the girl home, did my little interview with um, Rolling Stone magazine as the baddest rapper in the world, and then I just started to contemplate. Went home, and I knew I needed to get some more God inside of me. Like, what was this encounter that stopped my world? And I started looking at, you know, ever see those late-night ministries when you just see pastors on, t on TV. No, not you. No, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> and they tell you that Jesus is Lord. Then they're preaching to you. So I'm looking at these shows and all these pastors from different places, um, Benny Hinn and all these different ones that are trying to get me. I'm like, how am I going to go to church if they're located in all these different places? So I finally found one that was in New York, a young gentleman named Prophet Jordan. And I started going to his church. Very excited to go because I wanted to I was knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. I had to get a Bible, though. I was like, I don't have a Bible. I have a bunch of albums and a microphone, but I don't have a Bible. So I go to the, the store, the Christian bookstore, and there's a bunch of Bibles. They got green Bibles, burgundy ones, black Bibles, all these different Bibles. I'm like lost. And I'm like, just give me the biggest Bible in the store. I don't want to miss none of God. Like, and, and the lady at the, at the, at the desk, she's like, Sir, they're all from Genesis to Revelations. They're all the same. I'm like, you ain't going to jerk me. Give me the big Bible. <laughs> so I got this big, doofy Bible I'm purchasing for like $13. It's the kind where like Jesus is on the cover. If you move it, he's moving too. Like Jesus. <laughs> you know those kind of things where you like move the Bible, they kind of move. So I got the biggest Bible in the world, and I'm going to Pastor Jordan's church. And this Bible is so big, it's the kind of Bible that if you... If you um, you got to bring it in the church with a truck. Like, you're like, beep, <laughs> beep. So I'm sitting on the front row with my big Bible looking at the dashing young pastor and his beautiful wife and his kids, and everything's in order, and I want to be down. I'm like, I want to be down. I'm knocking on heaven's door. I'm already ambitious from Run DMC, but now I want to be down with God. I'm all the way, and I'm sold out for Jesus. So as I'm sitting there, I go to the pastor. I say, yeah, I'm Run from Run DMC. I'd like to know how can I be further down. He's looking at me like, oh, I guess it's, this will wear off. You know, he'll come like a celebrity and leave. But I'm there for weeks after weeks saying, how can I be down? I want to not only hear the word, I want to be down. He's like, okay, run, you can be an usher. I'm like, ha, I got a job <laughs> in the church. I'm an usher. <laughs> so I'm seating people. You know, I'm happy to seat people in the church. But then I get tired of being an usher. I said, pastor. Can I do something else? He says, all right, I got something else for you. I'm like, whew. He's like, you could be a walking deacon. You don't know, there ain't nothing but an usher with a different name. <laughs> I'm like, but I didn't know no better. I'm like, I call Russell, Ice Cube, all my friends, like, yo, I'm a walking deacon. <laughs> and they looking at me like Scooby-Doo, like, row, row. <laughs> I'm like, trust me, it's good. I'm a walking deacon. I'm a walking deacon. <laughs> and then one day I'm at the, at the back of the church, and this old lady, grandma, comes in with her son. She's trying to take the boy out the streets. And he looks at grandma. He's like, perfect. The usher, the walking deacon is Ron DMC.
But she looking at him like, don't you be telling me that's no Ron DMC. That's a daggone usher to come sit your butt down in the seat. No daggone tell You think about that rap music so much, you're going crazy, boy. No usher in no church, Ron DMC. Sit down. So he's, he's trying to look at me. She's grabbing his ear and slapping him. Like, look at that pastor. Get your eyes off that usher. So finally, she get caught in the spirit, and she's playing the tambourine. And he looks one more time, and I'm like, ah, that's me, Ron DMC. So, yeah, that, that's my little church story. And I kept moving it along, and I kept raising in the ranks in the church. And then um, somebody came to me idea. They said, saw some show called the Osbournes on MTV. And they was like, you should be a reality show. I'm like, really? One of Russell's friends. And. He kept going, and Russell said, oh, yeah, we can try it out, you know. Rap will become reverend. But MTV wasn't having that. They're like, so let me get this right. You've got a rapper, old-time rapper. Now he's a reverend. He sits in a tub and sends texts to people. He don't bust his wife over the head with a bottle of vodka, and you expect the kids to go for that. Get out of here, Russell. They was chasing Russell out. But Russell had so much power, he kept going at him. And they're like, all right, all right. If you believe in it, Russ, we give him a little six episodes and send him on his way. So they gave me six episodes, but the little did they know, after the first episode hit MTV, it was the fastest picked up show in MTV history. Wow. The biggest show. Wow. The ratings went through the roof. And through all the ridicule and all the drama that I went through, God remained faithful. As it says in the book of Galatians, if you faint not, you will reap the harvest. My harvest came from having my heart in the right place, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, walking deacon, doing what I'm doing, serving the pastor, paying my tithes, paying my offerings, following the Bible, the big doofy Bible and everything to a T until God said, here's the blessing. My test now became my testimony. Come on. And I appeared reverend to the world and God blessed me. And, and I believe a lot of people out there are in church now. You, you, you're wondering, God, when is my time coming? When is my chance coming? When are you going to bless me? I've been paying my tithes. I go to church. I'm there every Sunday. I'm helping the pastor. I'm on the worship team. When is he going to come? I'm telling you, you have to walk through life with faith in one hand, patience in the other hand, and keep going. A lot of you are going through hell. But when you're going through hell, I can tell you one thing. You better keep going. Come on. And if you keep going, come on. God will bless you. I'm a living testimony. Because this is not a good idea in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes, he put it on MTV. Something that didn't seem likely. The foolish things to confound the wise. Come on. And all the people that laughed at me had to bow and say, I guess Rev was right and God blessed me. It was magical. It was God and it was good. Woo. Preach. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Tell us. One thing, he's been serving God for, for years, and just got to hear his heart last night. Depth of the word, knows the word. What would you say just God speaking to you right now in this season, maybe for the people? What's, what's God speaking to you? I, I just believe my message to people is God can do it. No matter what people are in your ear trying to tell you, I mean, you have these dreams, these visions, but nobody was in these dreams with you. It was just you and the dream. You can't give your dream to everybody. There's plenty of people out there that are haters. They drink that haterade, and because they can't do it, they think you can't do it. They're wondering why you're in church. Why are you giving your money to that church? Why are you doing this? Why are you in there on Sundays? Why are you doing all this stuff for God? He ain't going to never come through for you. 
I believe at the bottom, I'm just, just telling you my personal testimony is, I did what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be over. I'm not supposed to have no 4 million followers on Twitter. I'm supposed to be a has-been rapper. But God saw my heart. He blessed me. He saw the best in me when everybody else around could Come only on. see the worst in me. Come on. He blessed me in the midst of ridicule. And trust me, this is not a good idea in the midst of gangster rap, but in God's eye. He put it on the side of the MTV building and blessed me. And I'm going to just tell you, it ain't just because I'm extra blessed, because God's no respect of persons. He respects your following of the word, your trust. Yes. Can you go yes. through the pain in order to get the gain? Can you go through the tests in order to have the testimony? Yes. That's the key. Nobody knows what God told you in the midnight hour. Nobody was in the dreams yes. that you had. That was between you and him. Yes. He'll tell you the end result. But he won't tell you to travel the roads. I saw your tape up there, all the stuff you went through. I'm sure you were ridiculed. I'm sure you were standing on that thing preaching. You were preaching in a movie theater to 20 people. And I saw your travels, but you had to hold on, didn't you? Yes. You had to hold on, didn't you? Yes. It wasn't easy to have all these people here. So it's always a small beginning. And the Bible says, despise Come not. On small beginnings. Yes. And all of you out there right now, you have small beginnings. You're going through economic problems. You're going through health problems. You lost your mother. This happened. That happened. You're, you're not feeling good about yourself. People are in your ear. Your job, your boss is coming down. On. But if you hold on, you keep paying your tithes, you keep going to church, you keep following a come great on. man of God, he will come through come for on. you. Come He'll on. He'll come through for you. I'm just telling you, he's a God that will not lie. It will speak and it will not lie at the end. So your visions that's inside, you ain't got to share it with all your, your people that's around you. They're not going to believe you. They wasn't there. And it ain't their fault. They just wasn't in the dream. Come on. But your dreams will come true. I can tell you guaranteed it. But you got to hold on. If you're going through hell, keep going! Hey! It's the only way you're going to get out. You're not going to get out through complaining. You're going to get out through steady movement. You might seem like a rabbit. But you're going to jump over and you're going to win the game. Come on. That man's got an anointing on him, don't he? My Come on. That's his testimony. Would you put your hands together for Ref Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Would you be seated for a couple of moments? In a few moments, we're going to give away... A couple of signed autograph gear from Rev Run. But before we do, let me just say this to you. Some of you heard his story and he was on the top, selling millions of albums, making millions in Los Angeles in a presidential suite, what everybody would consider being the high life. Girls, drugs, money, fame, fortune. Rolling stones, people after him, chasing him. And he sits in the tub. He's crying his eyes out. Because on the inside, he was still empty. In the green, we've been, we've been talking in the green room between services, and he says, you know, a lot of celebrities, people just don't know. I'm not naming names, not going to anything, but empty. On the inside. And the only thing that fills that God spot is, is Jesus. There's a spot in you that only Jesus can fill. Money, riches, fame, fortune, girls, guys will never fill that spot. And Ron had a God encounter. 
and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ and has been walking with God for years. And the same Jesus that saved Ron, the same Jesus that saved this little old country boy from Wewoka, Oklahoma, that same Jesus can save you today. Money, power, fame, fortune is not the answer. You'll always be this dissatisfied place in your heart that only Jesus can fill. And I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. I want to give those of you watching online from all around the world, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. He was on top of the world, but Jesus was the answer. Father, I love you. I thank you for...